You're listening to Confidently Beautiful with Sierra, a podcast to help you stay confidently beautiful because we all have confidence inside us. We just need to bring it out and I'm here to show you how. Body image, dreams, parenting style, personality, and more. Here we cover it all. Get ready to stay confidently beautiful. Welcome back to my podcast. I'm your host, Sierra, and thank you for tuning in. We are going back into our birthing story series, and I am going to tell you now about the story of my middle child, which was the induction. Uh, This one was, it was a very reluctant induction, I'll be honest. (laughs) It was one that uh, my husband really wanted, and I was hesitant. I really, I knew I was going to have an epidural, but I was just kind of like, I enjoyed going into labor spontaneously with my daughter, and, uh, but eventually we did decide we were going to do the induction. So we went ahead and scheduled it at my 39 week appointment. And I was having Braxton Hicks. I had been having them for like a week and a half. And so I was just like, please just let me just have this baby naturally before the induction date. So we went ahead and scheduled the induction date for 39 weeks, five days. And I kept having the Braxton Hicks clear up until then. I called the hospital and was said, when are you ready to induce me? Um, and they said I was third on the wait list, but they just kept having walk-ins and walk-ins and walk-ins. So they told me to have a good night's sleep because it wasn't going to be that night. And so then I called the next day around noon and just to see if there was any progress. And I was still third on the induction list. And so it was just torture, just waiting. And um, they were like, call back later tonight and let's see how things are looking. So I called back later that night and they said that I was finally next on the list. Uh, but they did have several moms in triage and they were just trying to decide if they were going to be staying there or if they were going to be going home. About 30 minutes later, they called me and they told me that they were ready for me to come in. So I got to pack my bags and my mom came over to stay the night with my daughter and I was able to go to the hospital. We got to the hospital about 1045 and I had the best nurse. Her name was Julie and she was incredible. Um, I was dilated to a three, which I was really surprised about. And um, she said that my contractions were actually about every two minutes. Um, I wasn't really feeling like I was having a super, super strong ones. Um, But she was hopeful that because I was already dilated and I was already having contractions that maybe they wouldn't even need to give me the Pitocin to induce me. They did have to give me some penicillin because I was group B strep positive. So they gave me the penicillin and they like me to have that for at least four hours before the baby's born. So she said, let's just start with the penicillin since you have to have that anyways, and we'll hold off on the Pitocin. So we held off just to see what my body would do. After about 30 minutes, uh, she decided to give me a little bit of Pitocin just to see what was going to happen. At three o'clock in the morning, I asked for my epidural. I was so nervous and she was so sweet because she's like, are you sure you don't want your epidural? Because you're going to have it anyways. Like you might as well just get it now. Like why, why I be in pain? And I was like, you don't understand. My last birthing experience was really hard. If you missed that episode, then go back to the last episode about my epidural experience. Um, That one was rough. And so I was just like, I'm just hesitant. I just don't know if I like, I know I'm going to get it because I had not mentally been okay with doing a natural delivery, but I was just like, I just don't know if I'm brave enough to get it again. (laughs) And so finally I asked for it at about three in the morning. The anesthesiologist was amazing. He was incredibly kind. He came in and he said, okay, I reviewed your chart. I'm pretty confident that I can get this in without having too much pain. He tried three different techniques and finally the epidural was done. It took about 45 minutes, which was a really long time. The anesthesiologist felt so bad and he was like, you are just so hard to give epidurals to. I just have a really bony back. And so it was just not a fun experience, but it was in. And fortunately it worked immediately, unlike my very first one. And so it was, um, 
extremely painful. I remember thinking halfway through, I should have just not gotten an epidural. Like <laughs> this is not even going to be worth it. But by the time it was over, it was great. And um, he got it in the perfect spot and it was really good. I did end up getting really, really nauseous and lightheaded though. And my blood pressure shot up so high. And so they had to monitor me really closely. Finally, it calmed down and at seven o'clock they decided to have my water broken. And so they called my doctor and uh, he came in about an hour later. I was only five centimeters, um, but he broke my water. And then uh, and that really sped things up at 845. So just 45 minutes later, I was seven centimeters and shortly after that, I was at a 10. I go really quick. Once I start to dilate like past a five, then I tend to go, I tend to dilate really, really quickly. So they called my doctor back in and he got there at about 9.30 in the morning. I started pushing at like 9.45. I was just having such a hard time getting him up and over my pelvic bone. Again, if you missed my last episode, you can see that there is a theme here with me. And this is just how my body is built. But because of this, um, his heart rate was had dropped um, to the 90s and my doctor was getting a little bit I mean he wasn't worried but he was just like we've got to start doing something because his heart rate can't stay there this way for very long and so he mentioned that we were possibly going to need to get the vacuum and so he he had them get the vacuum out just to have it out just in case um, but that kind of motivated me I tried really really hard to push the best that I could he fortunately didn't have to like pull very hard with it he just more used it to guide Grayson and his head out um, and I was really, he said that I was pushing awesome and that I didn't have to use the vacuum as much as, um, he thought he was going to, which was really great. But then when he came out, they saw that the cord was wrapped around his neck and there was a knot in the umbilical cord. So they kept calling him the miracle baby. Um, it was, it was honestly a little bit of a rough delivery with everything that happened for him and for me, but especially for him, that poor baby. But he was finally out at 10, 18. So it was about 30 minutes of pushing. So I went from like 45 minutes from my first down to 30 with him. And I heard his sweet cry and it just makes everything better. It just makes it all better. I was able to hold him and um, get stitched up by the doctor. And it was such a better experience. But um, looking back, I compare comparing like my induction versus my epidural experience um it's it's funny because you can always look back at a a birthing experience and there's always things that you would do differently but in the end like I said with the epidural experience I was happy with everything except for the trauma (laughs) that my little baby had to go through but like up until that point up until me pushing like I felt like things went really well I was really, really proud of myself for being so confident in being like, no, I'm not ready for the epidural and just waiting until I felt like, okay, like I can mentally handle this now. That was um, something that I probably wouldn't have been able to do. I mean, obviously I didn't have the experience of knowing what the epidural was going to be like with my first, but I think this be my second delivery. I felt like I was able to be more confident in being able to speak up and um, saying what I was comfortable with and when. So that is something that I strongly recommend when you are having a baby is just to be confident with saying what you're comfortable with and when you're comfortable and don't let them push it. I remember the nurse kept saying, are you sure you want to wait? Like, are you sure you want to wait for the epidural? You're going to get it anyways. And after I was done, I mean, she was amazing. And she, she just like, let me just like lean into her for the entire 45 minutes of getting it. And I just remember her looking at me, wiping my tears away. And she's like, oh, honey, I see what you were saying. And like, and like, she was like, oh, okay. I understand why you were so reluctant to get the epidural. And, um, I just feel like that moment right there, like I constantly going to remember that moment because that was like, uh, 
like you know your body and you know like what you need and the nurses don't know like they might they might she was amazing and she wasn't a bad nurse but she she was like why are you not getting me a patrol I don't understand and so I think just like that moment was like oh like yeah like I know my body I know my experiences she doesn't know and then it wasn't until after that she saw for for herself like why I was so reluctant that she understood and so I think having that moment in my mind that made a huge difference for me with my third delivery because I had that memory and I had that experience of like yeah no I know my body I know my experiences I know what I'm going to feel and this is like why I'm making this decision and um that not letting the nurses sway you otherwise. And so that is one thing that I am really, really proud of myself in this experience to have been confident in. And something that I would recommend to anyone, no matter how you're giving birth, is to just be confident in listening to your body and your experiences and um, not letting people persuade you to some do something or not do something that isn't feeling right to you. Also looking back at this experience, like I, I feel like it went really, really well up until I started pushing. And again, I did this with Whitley and I wish that I would have, and it was the same doctor and he's an amazing, amazing doctor. And I'm one that I've had with all three of my kids. And I, but I wish that I would have again, been a little bit more confident to say, can we try a different position? Like maybe before he brought out the vacuum, because I didn't do this with my first. And I wish that I would have had a tried to do a different position again I know I had an epidural and you're limited but I think that there's things that maybe we could have done and I wish that I would have been more vocal in like saying can we try this can we try this before doing the vacuum and doing the vacuum is the last result I do I do think that he really did try a lot but maybe there were some more that I could have said and maybe even if there weren't things that like were safe to do or safe to try maybe it wasn't safe to move me if I had been confident enough to just ask I wish that I would have been confident enough even if he would have said no like we can't do that for this reason like or it wouldn't be safe for you or for the baby or whatever then um then I I would have known and I would have understood. Another thing looking back is I wish that I had had a picture of the cord. Um, Seth did see the cord and he saw the knot, but I I wish that we would have like documented more Um, just because now, like I didn't get to like see all of that and they kept calling him the miracle baby, but I didn't get to see the cord that they were referring to and um, Seth saw it, but I didn't really get to. And I don't know, just to have be more confident in taking pictures or asking like, can we take can we like, I don't know, can we, can we take pictures of this? Can we, and I mean, not, not they wouldn't say no, like they're going to let you, but just, I don't know, to be more confident in asking more questions. Also, like, I, I wish that I would have been more confident to ask and maybe I just wasn't even in the, the right mental headspace. Like I just didn't think about it, but I wish I would have been more confident to ask like, when he thought that that cord wrap had happened, like how, how we would have known, um, did it happen like during labor? Like I just, all these, all these questions that I still don't know the answer to. And I just wish I would have been more confident to just like ask and just think about it. And, um, but again, maybe it's easier to say that like on this side of it, maybe I wasn't in the right headspace to even think that and to even do that. But, Just looking back, that is probably some things that I would have done different with my induction. Um, So two very different stories, epidural and induction, but both incredible. Um, When Whitley came and and to meet Grayson, Seth went to go get them. And the entire drive over, she just kept saying, going to see Grayson. And then as soon as she walked in, she's like, baby, mommy. And she ran towards us. And I just remember my heart melting. And 
that seeing the sibling bond between the two of them has been incredible as they've grown up. But that very first interaction is a memory that I will always, always remember. Just like I will always remember them putting the babies on my chest, especially Whitley, because it was my first experience. Having the experience of a sibling meeting a sibling for the very first time is also something that will forever be in my memory. So I hope that you enjoyed this induction story. And next time I will do the story of the natural birth. I have just had three different incredible birthing experiences and I have learned so much from all of them. And I will talk to you next week. April is Child Abuse Prevention Month and Sexual Assault Awareness Month. So here are six things that you can do to support survivors this month. You can speak up about child sexual abuse. You can let survivors know you believe them. You can educate yourself about the issue. You can create a safe space. You can join Sapria in the fight against child sexual abuse. You can visit Sapria's website at sapria, S-A-P-R-E-A dot org. Or you can make a purchase on my website at confidentlybeautifulwithsierra.com. 10% of all of the profits from purchases made on my website will go towards Sapria and other organizations. These organizations help to provide hope and healing, and together we can all make a difference to help change the statistics of child sexual abuse. Thanks for listening. Connect with me on Instagram at Confidently Beautiful Podcast and share this episode with someone in your life who could use a little reminder of just how amazing they already are. Stay confidently beautiful.